With many managerial changes already happened and loads of goal this weekend, let's get into it. Welcome to the EFL Sesh podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the EFL Sesh podcast. It's great to have you back. Um, We're here ripping and roaring for another week of EFL analysis, and there wouldn't be any EFL analysis without my esteemed co-host, Joe. How are you, mate? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. Excited for the week ahead. I'm always I'm always noticeably happier when Orient win on Saturday. I feel like it really flavours my pod performance, whether... uh, yeah, whether Orient have picked up points on a Saturday or not. But um, yes, buzzing to be here because we managed to scrape a win against the Titans of uh, Shrewsbury Town. Sent them back, sent them packing. Um, clean, sh- clean sheet as well. So that's a, that's a big win, right? Like it's, a, it's quite a rarity at the moment for you guys, isn't it? So clean it, it is. Nice. I feel like we probably could have played the game for about a million hours and neither team would score. Our goal was, well, to be fair, the finish was good, but they're like just sort of, bobbled through to our striker six yards out so well I mean I say finish was good how good yeah, could yeah. a finish really be from six yards out but it unbelievable his best ever six yard finish well um, Gary Lin- Gary Lineker would say six yard finishes are the best finishes of all time right so there you go yeah. there's a rude Van Nistelrooy as well that one always gets trotted out that I, I don't even know whether that's true or not. I've never actually looked that up, but it's the thing, is it? Of all of his Premier League goals, I don't think a single one was from outside the box. Um, <laughs> Gotta love it though. But yeah, I'm just not gonna look it up. I'm just gonna pretend that's real, even if it doesn't matter how they doesn't matter how they go in. It's just exactly. they go in and gives you the three points. So no, good that you're in very merry spirits. And I'll give a shout out to Whipswitch as well. Uh, yeah, massive four three win on the weekend, and you know we're still in the top you know top two which is mad to think after seven games um but yeah um we won't be talking about it switch today so we'll give them an honorable mention mm. and good that we gave Leighton or an honorable mention but we will start off with or actually i'll start off with the socials because that's the most important thing obviously <laughs> obviously uh you know you listening to this podcast either on something you know, on some of the major pack podcasting podcasting platforms um we're on spotify we're on apple music we're on amazon music all of that good stuff make sure you you know listen to us on their major ones give us a five-star review it massively helps out the pod and gets us sharing what we want and you know gets us sharing with the masses um and you know we really appreciate your support we're really really close to the 500 listener mark now um so we're getting milestone after milestone so you know keep sharing with your friends keep sharing with your family and also engage with us on the uh, on the social Socials as well on Twitter or X um, and uh, Instagram with the at EFL sesh pod um, tagline. Um, we're more than happy to answer any questions and any fan engagement is always appreciated by us. But as we keep saying, keep it positive. No negativity. Leave that at the door. <laughs> or Joe will hunt you down. Um, so it's all good. But let's crack on with the pod, Joe. Today, we're going to obviously be talking about, you know, the standard championship League One, League Two games. Mm. We've highlighted a couple per league, like we always do. But I thought we'd start off with some more managerial merry-go-rounds that have happened at the start uh, this coming game week. So we'll start off with Tranmere Rovers, who have obviously got rid of their manager, but then have brought in on an interim basis, I believe, um, 
Nigel Atkins, a bit of an EFL legend, if I'm being totally honest. Mm. Um, I think it's actually quite a good appointment in, in in all seriousness. Like he's obviously managed in the upper echelons of the football league, also the Premier League as well. So he's you know he's had experience in all them kind of you know divisions. But I think for you know Tranmere were on a bit of a barren run, right? And it was kind of coming. And I think it's a safe pair of hands, certainly if if they only see him on an interim basis to get him you know, to a level um, and then bring in someone on a more long-term basis. I think it's a pretty shrewd appointment, Joe. What about you? Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's a great appointment. Um, probably, well, other than the start of his career, probably the the least uh, decorated club he's been at, Tranmere. So, yeah, f- fair play for for uh, stepping down. I mean, he wasn't anywhere else, but, but stepping down to that level. I didn't realise, but he actually started his playing career Tramway Rovers, so I presume really? sort of like a yeah, that uh, I think he was in some Premier League, well, presumably Liverpool if it's Tramway, but he was in some Premier League academy, but they got released without playing. And then, yeah, he actually started his career at Tramway, so maybe that's why he's gone back to to save his uh, his his the club that gave him a chance. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I really like that appointment. I mean, I presume you know, he wasn't really up to much, he's been out of a job for a couple of years, so yeah, beggars can't be choosers, but um. I think that's a really excellent, uh, excellent move by Tramway to bring him in. Um, Definitely, yeah, he's never really done too badly wherever he's been, and like I say, he's typically managed at a higher level. So, yeah, yeah. hopefully, he can adapt that style to League Two. He's someone certainly that I think you know. The what I always kind of imagine him as is quite a def- not say a defensive manager, but will get organised. You know, get the team organised, get the team hard to beat. Which I think you know, when you're on a bit of a barren run and not actually getting many wins, that's what you need to kind of first and foremost get yourself there. You know, you need to be hard to beat. You need to be hard to break down. And then you know, nick goals here and there that gets your results right. So I think it's a shrewd appointment from that perspective. But I also think you know, uh, we we spoke about it on on text. I think Joe and I always think Nigel Atkins is another um, fun uncle, like Tony Mowbray <laughs> kind of vibe. So he seems just a generally bit of a top bloke, doesn't he? And a very positive individual. And sometimes you just need a bit of positivity in in a club and a positive influence or a positive person just to bring up the mood a bit. And because uh, I can imagine the mood at Tranmere is probably not the most. Uh, um, you know, it's not quite high at the moment. It needs a bit of an uplift or an injection of enthusiasm. I think that Nigel Atkins probably can bring. Yeah, very well. I mean, win at the weekend as well. So yeah, it's having Good that start. impact straight away. Yeah, did you? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know this actually. Weird sort of. Well, it's more of a Nigel Atkins adjacent fact rather than specifically him. But after him at Southampton, well, guess who the manager was after him at Southampton? Who replaced him? Uh, Southampton or. Oh. Pochettino? Yeah, spot on. It was Enrico Pochettino. I thought, blooming heck, that's a that's <laughs> quite the ride. It went from from Nigel Howard Adkins to to Maurizio Pochettino. Oh, um, you're a middle name basis with him as well. Oh so. yeah, me me and Nigel go way back. Did you know he was a physiotherapist when he was younger as well? Did not know that either. Yeah, no. but, but surprising. You know, that's that's normally his. Uh... Also, the reason why uh, he gave up football, he broke his spine apparently. I don't God. know what he was doing. Must have been really leaping about. Um, like, he, like he was a goalkeeper. Like I really, he must have been really leaping around. And I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe clad into a goalpost or something. I don't really know. I don't, I don't know whether he was during a game or whether he was just pottering around outside, maybe doing a bit yeah. of gardening and just put his back out. But um, Love that. 
Yeah, he's had a, he's had a wild ride. As Very wild ride. Yeah, starts at Tranmere, potentially finishes his managerial career at Tranmere, and mm. also retired because of a broken spine. Yeah, or back. What what man? What yeah. what what a life experience he's had. Um, let's move on to the next. Uh, let's move on to the next uh, managerial unfortunate casualty, and that is um, Wade Elliott at uh, at Cheltenham Town. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Definitely saw it coming. <laughs> I, I, I think they've uh, they've set a I've set a football league record of the first nine games or eight games about scoring a single goal. Um, you know, it's obviously not going to be fully his fault, but y- you know, you lose Alfie May, obviously your most influential striker. Um, that's got you know twenty goals pretty much last two or three seasons for you to Charlton, who you know. I think he's doing really well at Charlton Alfie Mayor. I think he's, you know, that's a really good free trans. Getting him on a free as well. That's even that's even a mo- more amazing, to be totally honest. But mm-hmm. we digress. But losing that, you needed to bring in some, you know, try and be a bit more shrewd in the transfer market. Get some good, you know, proven EFL strikers or, you know, attacking attacking minded players that are just going to fill some of the void. You're not going to fill all the void because, you know, it's very hard to find any 20 year goal striker, let alone, you know, one that gets 10 goals a season but you need to be able to spread that across the team. And their transfer window really wasn't inspiring at all at the end of the day. And I think that does come down to the manager. And I think, unfortunately, you know, it's come to a head. And uh, we know in this game, if you're on a barren run of results, your job is always going to be on the line, right? The fans expect more. Um, There's no patience anymore in football, is there, Joe? There isn't, but I I don't know. I don't don't think there's much more patience that can be had with (laughs) Wade for this one. I mean, I... I don't, uh, yeah, I don't have too much sympathy for him, to be honest. I mean, nine games, zero goals, but they're they're letting it, they're letting like 15 or something as well. They're not even, they're not even good defense. They're not even having the good grace to not concede when they're not scoring. So they could have all 11 men on the line and they'd let less in um, and they'd still be just as much of a threat going forward. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they picked up a point on the weekend and... You'd say it's still early enough, but it's obviously early enough and they could claw their way back out of it. But yeah, 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 one point from your first nine, having not scored a goal, you'd be hard pressed to find a manager who would keep his job after that. And they're not even a bad side, really. I know we keep on saying, obviously, that Alfie May's left in the summer, and obviously that's a blow, but yeah, they're not, they're not completely crap. I don't know where this has come from, really. I didn't, I, we, I mean, neither of us had him particularly high on our. Preseason predictions, not that, that means anything, <laughs> but it, yeah. neither of us thought they were going to do very well. But nowhere near this badly. Um, no, that's that's so true. Um, yeah. Like you, you, you can't not be bottom of the league if you're not scoring goals, right? Like it's, mm. it's just a complete inevitability about that. And you know, it, it's not just one game, two games. It's eight games, eight or nine games where you haven't scored a single goal. Which you know. Where's the goal was going to come from? And they missed. They just probably just need to change the direction because clearly Wade wasn't given the right direction at yeah. all in 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 the uh, in the dressing room. So, but yeah, looking at the latest odds for kind of the, well, uh, I'm looking at Bet Victor's odds actually for the next Cheltenham manager, David Artell. Don't really know too much about him. He's one to three. Dean Holden, who obviously lost his job at um, Charlton, uh, is six to one, so he's second favourite, which I think wouldn't be a bad appointment. I don't think mm-hmm. that's bad. One thing I'm going to say a bit of a two that I think would be a good potential appointment is Stephen Clements. I think he's the guy that was um, Mourinho's assistant for a while and had a brief spell in management, if I remember rightly. 
Um, and then Danny Cowley, I think he's a quite would be quite a good appointment potentially. He's someone that probably you know gets teams really organised, provides a bit of injection of you know tactical nuances, but with some you know a bit of flair in there as well. And he's at twenty to one. He's a bit of an outsider, but I think maybe someone like Danny Cowley might be a good appointment there. Is there any managers for you that come to mind that would be good potentially fulfilling that role at uh, Cheltenham, Joe? Or no, I tell you, I didn't realise that David Artel was out of a job actually. This he was. If I don't know, I'm gonna well, I'm gonna very confidently say this, and I hope it's correct. But I think he was at Crew for like five or six years actually, and I think they did get relegated with him. But also, I think he did get them promoted in the first place. So sort of like, well, swings and roundabouts. Um, and he actually did all right there. And I mean, Crew historically as well don't tend yeah, to buy yeah. a lot of players. They they bring them all up through the academy. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think that's well. I don't think it's a terrible appointment long term. I don't think he's necessarily someone who's going to come in and spin your season around and 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 get you yeah. back to winning ways um Agreed. but longer term that could be very shrewd that appointment yeah i just looked online he's yeah former crew boss he's the mm. leader. he's the overwhelming favorite i think they're already speaking to him so um yeah it could be a good appointment overall but you know we wish Cheltenham the best we want them to you know we don't want any team to you know be go through barren runs you know that's we we always want to see teams scoring freely and you know doing really well so that's cool um and then finally we have uh the appointment of darren moore at huddersfield Mm. huddersfield town um you know what's your instant reaction to that joe i'm happy to put my opinion after but yes your immediate reaction mate he's he's gonna come back to haunt sheffield wednesday is my immediate (laughs) reaction what what a disaster class for him i'm i'm as a standalone appointment i i don't mind it to be honest i think he's got a good track record at the clubs that he has been at so far like i think his his i was astonished to find out his sort of career win percentage is kicking around about 50 percent wow yeah i I know he's obviously had sheffield wednesday in league one last year so that's bumped up the numbers a bit but i Hmm. thought that was wild but um yeah as a standalone appointment I think it's 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 a good one on paper, and I think Huddersfield actually proved about the right size club for him. Um, knowing the circumstances in which Neil Warnock was forced out essentially and replaced with Darren Moore, that's a bit odd. That's a bit weirder, I think. Um, but yeah, hey, what's done is done, I guess. Don't, Go don't on, Andy, you're, you're chomping at the bit. Yeah, I, I was just thinking, like just now, it's literally like a bit of role reversal because obviously Darren Moore was completely chucked out without really knowing that. Mm. And then he's replaced Mm. someone that's also been chucked out without really knowing really, you know, it's, it seems a bit of unfortunate deja vu and he probably is like, Oh, probably now I know what it feels like for someone coming in my position when I got, I got the sack for no apparent reason whatsoever. So yeah, I can imagine it's quite an interesting or a weird dynamic Darren's probably experiencing right now. I do think it's a good appointment. I think, you know, he's managed some good teams. He's managed some big egos. And I think Huddersfield, I always kind of associate Huddersfield as kind of like, let's say a family club, but a very honest club. Um, good fans, you know, they, you know, they, they love the players, they love their football. And I think, you know, Darren was kind of loved, but he, he obviously had his critics at Sheffield Wednesday at times, but he was able to, you know, bring him round with the obviously the amazing playoff um uh comeback against uh Peter Bruin last season. So I think, you know, he's one thing we always say on this podcast, I do think he's got the minerals to take that job on. I think he will <laughs> do well. Um and they've actually been on a quite good run a couple mm. last couple of games Huddersfield. So he's not 
in a team that's, you know, being battered every single week, he's got a good firm foundation there. And, you know, I think, you know, with players like Josh Caroma, I think, you know, he's, he's a very decent player and he's got some good attacking players to kind of get his teeth stuck into. And again, I think I've mentioned it last, last week, it's actually quite a good time to time to make an appointment because mm. it still gives them three months before the January transfer window to actually look at the squad and really understand what you actually want in that team and what you need to get in the transfer window. Like if you did this like post Christmas or Christmas time, you know, how's the hell is that manager going to know what players to bring in in January? Like at least he can dissect the squad, know what he's working with and start, you know, eyeing the players that's going to, you know, help him in, in his or help the team anyway, go up the table. So I don't hate it. I just hate the way they've done it. And that's a, that's a real shame. Yeah. Don't disagree with that. Cool. Well, that is the managerial merit around, and I'm sure that over the season we're going to have many more experiences of this. Mm. It seems at the moment that there are probably a few managers that are on the cusp right now. <laughs> I think they're probably uh, on their um, on their last limbs if they don't get any results moving mm. forward. So uh, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, but let's crack on with our EFL um, game week analysis, and we'll start off as we always do in the championship. Yes. And Joe. I'll start with you if you want, or do you want me to start? Yes, no, no, far away. So talk to me about Middlesbrough versus Southampton. Yes, I will, finally. Carrick ball's back, baby. Um, 2-1, Middlesbrough, turned over Southampton at home. Um, Quick rundown of the game. Adam Armstrong, predictably, opens the scoring for Southampton. Che Adams nowhere to be seen. One nil. Um, yeah, assist. They they don't count. They don't count at the end of the year in the golden <laughs> boot. Che's falling behind. Um, maybe he's getting his assists out of the way now. So when he catches up, he can he can win the tiebreaker. Yeah. Um. So yep. Seventeen minutes. We're we're looking at a Southampton one niler, and then sucker punch just for half time. Forty four minutes. Riley McGree pops up for Middlesbrough one all. Grim grim time to let in a goal for any team. Um, let alone when you're in the away side as well, because then you come out second half, home fans are nice and loud. And then predictably, 66 minutes, up steps Johnny Housen from the penalty spot, Middlesbrough two, Southampton one, and then nothing doing for the rest of the game. Um, nothing nothing happens, a few subs, uh, not the magic five for both. Although yeah. Russell Martin, well done for using all five subs and getting a booking for argument, love that. Um, yeah. That's a, a surprising result. Middlesbrough back in business, ch- surging up the table. They're gonna they're gonna ascend to second place and fulfil my preseason prediction that the future is bright from here. Ever ever since we started calling it Tuba Ball or Akpom yeah. Ball, whichever one floats your boat, they have drawn and then won. So I'm directly attributing their turning fortune to this podcast. Superb. No, it's I, I couldn't say it about myself. Some of the stats were quite interesting as well. It seemed that you know Middlesbrough were worthy winners, and mm. uh, they, they expected goals of three point one one, which is you know very high. Um, fourteen shots, four big chances, two goals. Don't mind that fifty percent hit rate. Can't can't go wrong. But what is going on with Southampton? Yeah. Honestly, wild. Like, that is is absolutely wild. Four straight defeats. Um, I got to say, Martin's probably one or two losses away from maybe losing his job? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I agree with that. And it's not even just the defeats, which are the problem. It's the manner. They've yeah. made 12 goals in four games. And I know, like, you know, they've had a, a bit of a rough time of it playing some yeah, of yeah. Leicester, Ipswich and Middlesbrough. But if, you know, they're, they're a serious club and they would be expecting to be, they'd expect to go back up this year, I, I would imagine. Um, 
then that's unacceptable. You can't let in 12 goals in four games and only scoring twice in that time as well. Um, exactly. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not good enough, Russell. When you've got a front three of Adam Armstrong, Trey Adams and Ryan Fraser, who all have yep. Premier League experience, Flynn Downs, who's obviously on line for West Ham, who I rate quite highly, mm. Charles, who obviously they got from Man City, small bonus kind of got back into the got back into the squad. Mason Holgate, Harwood Bellis, who's like a you know, a graduate of Pep's Academy, you know, Man City mm. Academy, Bednarek, Waterpick. These are and bizarre, these are brilliant players. These are like yeah. top tier championship players, but probably lower end of Premier League players. Exactly that. And it's just poor. Like mm. I just I'm just really surprised at what's not clicking and what's not working because you know, don't get me wrong. You know, there's probably if if we watch the Nile four ninety minutes, it probably was quite an even game. But looking at the stats, it just seems to suggest that you know they're just a bit toothless at the moment, which is mm. very surprising with that strike force. If I'm being totally honest with you, yeah, it's it's an interesting one as well because if you go back to obviously at a at a pretty rip roaring start to the year, if you go back and have a look at it, the only games that have actually won this year in the league are against Sheffield Wednesday, Plymouth, yeah. and QPR. I would be. say none of those teams are going to be tearing it. Well, I mean, Plymouth this weekend, I'm real, but none of those teams are going to be pulling up any trees come the end of the season. If anything, it, well, probably all three of those will be looking over their shoulder. So yeah. uh, maybe they just flattered to deceive. Maybe Russell pulled the wool over my eyes and uh, and and Che with him because yeah, something's something's not quite right. Yeah, agreed. We'll just have to see how that plays out, but we can't we can't deny like it's a massive win for Middlesbrough. Yeah, um, one they probably at the time probably with their barren run they wouldn't expect to get three points from, um, mm. but it could kickstart their season. I think it's um, we'll have to see how they crack on with it and maybe if they use it as a a springboard for for a good run, like you said. Um, start going up the league um, because they're, they're a team that, you know, I still believe in Carrick, but I still believe Carrick's a good manager and I think he's got a young squad there with some experience put in. Um, but I think he can do a job and, and get him up the league. So, you know, good win for Middlesbrough. We've been battering him. Certainly <laughs> so it's nice yes. to actually be speaking a little bit positive about them, to be totally honest. Agreed. But don't don't take your foot off the gas, Michael. You've got you've got to come second this year to save yeah. me from egg on my face. So, yeah, <laughs> keep up the good work. Well, let's move on to uh, yeah, game, I think is I think it's a rip roaring game at mm. Hope Park. Um, Plymouth Norwich six two to Plymouth. Oof. What a rip roaring game! So it starts off with uh, Whitaker getting his first goal of the game on fifteen minutes. Scar then scores in the thirty fifth. Um, Whitaker gets his second of the game, forty five plus three plus uh, you know massive garbage time, and then uh, you know it's then four nil um, before half time, forty five plus five. Azaz gets a goal. Um, uh, I remember seeing you know I was at away this weekend at a uh, music festival and I had the scores on my phone. I had obviously the Ipswich game and that was three one at half time, um, and then seeing the Plymouth four nil against Norwich that was obviously pleasing to me, but. Definitely didn't expect it. I know Plymouth are, you know, generally good at home. Their home record last season was unbelievable. Um, I think they only lost, I don't think they lost at home at all last season. Mm. But being 4-0 up against, you know, a Norwich side that's definitely, you know, in form as well um, and been, you know, tearing up the championship this season so far. I was very, very surprised. And then they just kept going. 59, mm. Whitaker completes a great hat-trick. And then Ida gets two goals, one on 72 and the 78th-minute pen. But at 5-2, it's game over anyway. Yeah. So they were just consolation goals. And then Kundal 
Again, 90 plus seven garbage time makes it 6-2. Uh, an unbelievable performance, really. Um, Hardy with two assists, who's been brilliant this season. Um, good to see Houghton in the midfield, getting a 7.3 as well. So, you know, man after my own heart. It's always good. <laughs> um, Azaz with a goal and assist and Whitaker with um, the match ball at the end. Three goals, got to love it. And Plymouth even given the five substitutes, even a, a, and the substitutes are 80, 80, 87, 87 and 90. So clearly he just, you know, knew that you were thinking about them, Joe. Yeah. And, you know, he, he didn't want to be on the wrath of uh, Stephen Schumacher, didn't want to be on your wrath of not using all subs, whereas David Wagner clearly couldn't give a monkeys about that. Well, that's it. Only three of them. No, I was going to say, that's it really. Stephen Schumacher, loyal listener to the pod, me and him regularly speaking. And he was like, I'll do it for you this week. And I was like, thanks. And, and David, yeah, tail between his legs, basically. He he didn't want to bring attention to himself and use all five subs because he, it, was, it was such a shocking performance, which I fully understand. Um, Massive amount of stats, yeah. though, in terms of... Uh, so it's not Norwich, even though I lost 6-2, had 69% possession. So obviously had more of the ball, which nice. I think I would expect anyway, because, you know, Norwich seems to be a team that like playing on the floor um, and, and they are informed. So you'd think they probably would have more of the ball. But it's just... 3.31 unexpected goals for to for for Plymouth shows that they're pepping the goal. <laughs> accurate passes, the, the the accurate pass percentage for Plymouth. So they must have just literally had shots and just scored a load of them. Sixty four percent, only one hundred and eighty eight accurate passes in the whole ninety minutes, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is absolutely nuts when you think about it. Um, but you know you can't. It's a it's a really tough stadium to go to Plymouth. I know Ipswich didn't win last season there. Um, and with the amount of points that they got, um, but it's it's really good to see. It shows that you know they were on a bit of a barren run. Lost two one to Preston and lost four one to Bristol City. Sorry, last week uh, Plymouth. So really great for them to get a real statement win, which hopefully will you know get them on a bit of a good run, get them away from that kind of relegation tussle and and maybe the kind of catalyst they need to kind of keep them up, keep them safe. I think that's all they kind of really got to be aiming for this season, just stay in the league, right? Yeah, I completely agree. Morgan Whitaker as well, getting yeah. his hatty, but that's that's what you break the bank for. I know it's only, I'd say, only a million pounds, but it's still their record signing. Um, and yeah, that's what you bring him in for. Big, big games like Saturday. On the on the stats front, actually, this this. so I initially saw this and thought that's strange, but now I don't know if it's as strange as, or not. How many throw-ins do you reckon there are per game normally? Average game. Or oh, throw-ins. Dunno. Thirty-five? Yeah, exactly that. That's so that's like exactly yeah. the amount that I would think. Like 30, 35. There yeah. were sixty throw-ins in the game. Like yeah. one uh, which actually probably ties in nicely to your past completion stat. Somebody was probably just zinging it out of the f- centre backs probably having a field day, like thinking they're Javi at the back and just pinging yeah. it out for throw-ins, left, right, and centre. I thought that was. I just thought that was wild. I read it and was like, "How could that be true?" Yes, sixty throws. Ball, ball spent most of the time in the ball boy's hands and actually on the pitch. That's absurd. Probably why they put on so much added time in this game. To be totally honest, and that's probably no, what we're what... looking at. I didn't. Yeah, four and six. Yeah, eleven minutes. There you yeah. go. That's throwing time. Yeah, you gotta love it. But no, I, I think it's a it's a great win for great win for Plymouth, and um, I think you know one that. Will probably be one of their results of the season. It was very much a complete anomaly 
from how it started essentially with Norwich being so in form and having some of the, you know, the best, best attacking players at the moment in the league. So, you know, keeping them, I know they conceded two, but scoring six against this defense uh, is, is uh, no mean feat. So, you know, big ups to uh, Plymouth and, uh, you know, let's hope this season cracks on for it. But let's have a look at the championship table while we, mm. uh, before we move on to league one. So, Obviously, there's a there's a two way tie at the top of the league. Yeah. Uh, Leicester on 21 points, seven wins, one loss, and same with the mighty Ipswich Town. Um, record you know, top score. I think top scorers in the league. I think uh, top joint top scorers in the league. Four yeah. wins on the spin can't be stopped. I know it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, so you know, four straight wins for four straight wins and beat a. You know, a very game Blackburn side on the uh, on the weekend four three. It was very nip and tuck. If you honestly watch the highlights of this game, some of the best goals I think I've seen like collectively in a game <laughs> I've seen in a while. Uh, like Harry Clark's first goal was like half volley, a half volley like top corner. Broadheads was really good, and then Sammy Smodic's goal was unreal. He like cuts inside. And like drills one, like proper R1 circle and FIFA, like bottom corner. It was absolutely <laughs> sensational stuff. Um, but yeah, so they're on they're on 21 points. Preston North End, you know, they had a draw at the weekend, um, you know, but still on 20 points, still flying. Mm. Um, but then still there's a little bit of a gap. One of, only, yeah. one of only four unbeaten teams in the Football League left, Preston. Agreed. Mm. Hull City again, really good win on Sunday. Um 3-1 win, Aaron Connolly still doing bits and uh, Liam Rossini's cooking certainly something good there. Um, <laughs> I really like the way he talks. I heard him on a podcast uh, the other day, I think it was on the Football Daily podcast. Um, they do a podcast called the 72 Plus, so basically look at all the FFL teams. And mm-hmm. he was one of the guests and he, he was he was just a really well-spoken guy and, and seems that you know he has a philosophy about how he wants to play, play out from the back, attacking-minded, you know, inverted full-backs, you know, just completely you know go gun ho at teams and, and it seems to be working so that was a well well needed win Sunderland um a fifth um again had a you know got good uh, they lost to Cardiff didn't they at the weekend they did, on, yeah. on Sunday, Cardiff yeah. on a bit of a tear up they three wins on the spin now yeah but I love it big um, bullet yeah exactly um and then sixth place on the last playoff zone is um is Leeds and it seems that Leeds are Unbeaten in six, seem to be, and they got Southampton at the weekend. Probably they're licking their lips at the moment with the way mm. Southampton are playing right now. So I think you know Leeds are certainly cooking. I think they'll be a team. I think they're probably the one of the informed teams in the league at the moment. I say so. Uh, watch out for Leeds, and they're probably propping up the table and, and going up in a in a positive direction. And then at the moment, Middlesbrough with their win. Um, Still 22nd, but obviously only one point away from safety. Um, with Swansea winning as well, so they're just outside the relegation zone. 23rd, we have Rotherham. Got a draw at the weekend, but you know, still, I, I still fear for him. I don't, I don't see anything that's changing my mind about uh, about that. I know they got a good, good one-all draw at, um, at home to Preston, but still, don't think it's going to be enough. And then, still winless, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, mm. Again, think Cisco Munoz is on a tightrope, I think, now and going to Sunderland. Or is it away to Sunderland or home to Sunderland at the weekend? We've got a tough ask, and I think they might get another loss and we could be saying goodbye to Cisco Munoz. I think that's uh, that's my, my prediction. Anyway, that's my hot take. Ooh, I was going to say that was nice. We're getting some live predictions. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, unsurprising if he does get the tin tack. What what a shame. If only there were a manager who just got you promoted um, the year before and was riding a huge wave of goodwill. Um, if yeah. only there were a manager like that. Um, but yeah, the, clearly yeah. there wasn't. So they, they, they were forced to get Cisco in. Exactly. And it's uh, that same manager that now is taking over a team that's unbeaten three and mm. uh, 17th in the table with a game in hand against most teams as well. So could go into the uh, top half of a win. So, you know, yeah. I think I'd be in Darren Moore's position and he's just going Munoz. Yeah. Position. We're quite the Darren Moore fan club today. I'm I'm all here for it though. I'm a big, <laughs> big fan of Darren. But also I have to point out before we move on, two of these bottom three are predicted to come in the bottom three by the end of the year. I need to call out these tiny wins when they appear because Absolutely. everything else is going to pot. So th- this, this bottom three... This is where I could I could throw my hat on and be like, right, okay. This this proves that I have some knowledge of what I'm talking about, not just complete rubbish. But I don't know. One 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 thing that's surprising is seeing Coventry in nineteenth as well. I think that's quite a surprise as well. They, they they've obviously haven't they've drawn a lot of games. Mm. They're not winning lots, are they? It's just hey, one... that's exactly it, isn't it? Just drawing so many games without Big Vic. I know, Big Vic and Big Harmer or mm. Hamer. I'll no. tell you what, though, I saw him on the weekend, um, yesterday actually, and he, he was not it. He was not, I don't know where Sheffield United are playing him, but my <laughs> word, uh, he looked stinking. Look, I, I saw him running about, I was like, I could do that. Just sprint about and like slap the ball off for a goal kick. That's my speciality. We're built about the same as well. We're mm-hmm. just rolling around the penalty area. Honestly, yeah. honestly, I felt so bad for my mates. My mates literally at the weekend just turned 30. Shout out, mm. Dan. And um, he's a massive Sheffield United fan, like massive Sheffield United fan. And on his actual birthday, they get tonked 8-0 at home. <laughs> like, honestly, that is the biggest slap in the face I think anyone could ever give you, give him. The worst ever league defeat on his actual 30th birthday. So, you Huge know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry you had to go through that, Dan, but, you know, they're, they're a Tim Port club anyway, yeah, so it's fine. They're, they're barely a Premier League club at this point, so it probably does qualify for the FL Sesh podcast. Yeah, agreed. 100%. We'll probably be talking about it next season. <laughs> God, I love it. Okay, well, let's waltz into League One, Joe. Yes, let's. Talk to me about Oxford Exeter, please. I would like to, and I'd like to preface this with what a triumph this game was for you, Andy. So we've not only got vindication of your, quite frankly, outrageous shout that Oxford are going to do well this year, which I didn't see coming in a million years, but... They are, and they have. So that, that, that's point number one. Point number two, you explicitly in pre-season called out Ruben Rodriguez as, as going to be a good player for them, who, having seen play for Notts County, I thought was okay, but not all that. Again, completely wrong. He's been brilliant for them. And Gary Caldwell, our least favourite manager, 3-0, getting punted about 3-0. It, it, can't, it, can't, it doesn't get much better than that. This about is about time. Ends, about yeah, time. Your redemption arc in League One. But um, yes, as alluded to, Oxford United 3, Exeter 0, a resounding home win. Um, Ruben Rodriguez open to scoring uh, on eight minutes and runs over to the corner flag, lifts up his shirt, I heart Andy Houghton on his vest, <laughs> like classic. Um, literally nothing happens from then until the 83rd minute um, in which time oh they're both penalties Cameron Brannigan in the 83rd and the 94th minute two penalties um Gotta to put it. the game beyond doubt 3-0 squeaky bum time turns into I don't know pleasant bum time um 
yeah, Oxford cruise home and uh, get an excellent win against Exeter, who uh, who have been good this year. This was this was a bit of a, a battle at the top, really. Um, oh, <laughs> I, I can't get I can't get over you just said pleasant bumps. Well, I, I, I had to think on my feet. I didn't really know where that was going, so I, it just yeah, it just it just happened. But um, yeah, Oxford United a, a cracking performance and some cracking results recently as well. And four wins in the last five, dispatched this Exeter side fairly easily. Um, Forty-nine throw-ins for those who are who are now asking. Um, and yeah, Gary Caldwell gets gets sent home in tears. Devastating. Although oh, actually, Andy, you, you I know you despise the man. Um, he was very. I actually ended up. I only watch the opposition managers' interviews against Orion when they lose. Because I like to hear them say nice things about us, or get like shirty, like both are equally as funny. And actually, he was very gracious when they. Um, I think we, do we, I think we beat him last, like last minute winner or something. And yeah. um, yes, he was he was very uh, very gracious in defeat. Fully accepted that they deserved it and um, didn't expect anything out of the game. So maybe maybe that'll be our sort of character arcs for this season. I'll become Gary Caldwell's biggest fan. And you can continue to create him as your arch nemesis, and we uh, will go from there. Any yeah, thoughts on the game, anyway? <laughs> I, 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 I was going to say, like, uh, I don't know if you saw, but obviously in the uh, EFL Trophy, uh, mm. Exeter did lose nine nil at the week uh, in, in the week as well. Did they? <laughs> yeah, it's a red in as well. Wow. Okay. I mean, they put their kids out. If I'm being yeah, sorry. I was going to say it shows but... how much disdain everyone treats that pretend trophy but um, um so yeah. they've, they've conceded 12 goals in the last two games which is absolutely absurd but <laughs> no I, I i i've been really really impressed with oxford this season mm-hmm. i think um you know last season for them is a distant memory uh, again the ruben rodrigo so i just think he was just a really good steal for a league one team to be totally yeah. honest and, but one thing I'm also pleased to see is someone like carl edwards so obviously i i've always rated him he was Ip- Ipswich last season was part of the league one promotion team always came on like made impacts as a sub I always thought it was a quite a flair player and someone had a bit of an x-factor um and he got an assist in this game as well and I think that's that'll do him the world of good and I think that's a really shrewd bit of business from from that from that team as well because I think any Ipswich loan that any league one team are going to get they're going to get a player that's full of confidence and you know been part of a team that's you know romped to romped to promotion last season so I you know I think it was been a it's been a really good Really good transfer window for Oxford, but I think that's also, you know, come on the pitch as well when that's been translated onto the pitch. Um, don't get me wrong, Exeter have made a fantastic start as well. And that, you know, it was again a top of the table clash and kudos to both teams. But I still I, I I I Oxford are cooking. I think they've, you know, certainly got a something to say in this in this division this season. I think they're gonna be probably in the playoffs around that. I think that's probably where I put them last this season. Or I might mm. put them just outside the playoffs in my predictions. Um, but let me, you know, let me tell you, Andy, you said yeah, they've gone me. 11th. Oh, okay. Well, mid table. Yeah. Well, they're doing much hey, better. Than season's that. long. Yep. Never know. Yeah. But 10,000 10, at a Kassam Stadium, that's near probably capacity, I'd say, for them. So clearly, so clearly, there's, there's a good uh, connection between the fans and the club right now. And, you know, it's all positive for all positive for Oxford. So, you know, here, here. Let's keep the train running, and uh, yeah, Gary Caldwell getting the bin, mate. So it's fine. Glad. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, on that note, I'm going to go to talk about a 
uh, well, for me, hating uh, Gary Caldwell to another manager, mm. Mr. Joey Barton, uh, but he certainly put egg in your face by yeah, he did. Bristol Rovers. Bristol Rovers absolutely doing a job on Wigan Athletic. Um, a 4-1 resounding home win for Bristol Rovers. Kind of came out of the blue because Bristol Rovers certainly, I would say, have not been on the... Uh, sort of best of form recently. Mm. Um, they had a couple of wins, but I, I would say they're against teams that they probably should be beating. Um, but Wigan, certainly, I think, you know, on paper are probably a much better side than, than Bristol Rovers. But um, Thomas gets a, Thomas gets a goal in the 13th minute. Um, Wigan equalised. Charlie, is it Charlie White? Charlie White? Yep. Wick? Good player, I've always thought. Charlie White, mm. I think. Gets a one on the 21st minute. But then immediate five minutes after, it's always good to make a good response. Hunt gets a goal on the 26th minute and then, you know, sails into half time 2-1. But it's good that they kept their kind of uh, um, foot on the gas. 53 minutes, Collins, who I think is a very, very good player. I have I think he was one of the best players in the, in the league one last season, Aaron Collins. And then, I don't know. He seems again. I hear his name a lot, and I don't really know too much about it. But John Marquis, he seems a oh, unbelievable player. Unbelievable player. Well, actually, I take that back. Maybe he's not an unbelievable player, but he's an unbelievable striker. He's a goal yeah. scorer. Yeah, yeah. So it 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 it's good to see you know players like him, and also the the full attacking line of mm. Bristol Rovers getting goals. You know, Collins on the Collins on the left. Thomas on the right, Marcus up front, all getting contributions, all getting key contributions to the team. And that is a that is a really, really good result against the Wigan side that, you know, even though they've had issues off the field and have obviously had points deductions, they're still probably one of the favourites to go up, right, as, as with the team that they've got. So that will be an excellent result for them. And, and uh, you know, Joe Barton will be a very, very happy man. Um, in terms of the stats, it was half and half, 50-50 on terms of the possession. Again, Weirdly enough, expected goals for Bristol Rovers was only 0.96, but they scored four goals, which is nuts. Mm. Um, but uh, 15 shots, two big chances for you know four goals. I'm I'm not hating it, but obviously you know clearly, clearly they're uh, they're peppering the goal, and uh, it, it seems that where the goals were scored, there's one literally on 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 the goal line, six yards out. There's there's all of Bristol Rovers' goals were inside the box, which is you know you gotta love to see it, right? No, like hit and hopes seems to be well crafted and well, uh, uh, yeah, very patient build up goals and scores in in the box. So you gotta love it. Mm. Um, for me, for me, you know, I think it was a surprising result. I didn't expect it because obviously Wigan have, you know. Good side, um, but you know, kudos to kudos to Bristol Rovers. But looking at that front three, they've probably got to be a handful for any team, right? That Collins, Marquis, Thomas partnership, right? I do agree. Yeah, I think there there are definitely goals in there. Um, a weird result this one in reality. Yeah. Didn't see it coming, but then it seems like every Wigan result this year has been weird. Yeah. I mean, without obviously, you know, fall from bottom. But if you had the eight points back, then they're like mid-table, three points off the playoffs. So that's probably about right for where they they should be. They're just they're just the weirdest team. I I, I can't well I can't I was going to say I can't predict what what's going to come next. But then that's not a good barometer. I can't apparently predict anything <laughs> correctly. But I, I, like you know, they look they lost. Well, they won their last game against Cambridge, and you think, all right, great. Before that, they've lost to Blackpool and Barnsley, and you're like, well, okay, they're quite good, difficult games. I mean, before that, they're turning over Bolton 4 0 away. Yeah. And, and 
well, drawing away to Carlisle, which is a hard place to go, and beating Northampton at home 2-1, which you'd expect. So, I don't know. I, I, I can't work it out. And actually, if you look at their next two games against Portsmouth and Burton, yeah. you'd go, well, they'll get battered by Portsmouth and, and put away Burton. But it also wouldn't surprise me if it was the exact opposite. And they go and beat Portsmouth 5-0 and, and lose 1-0 to Burton. So, more consistency required from what is quite a good team. Um, yeah, yeah. Paper from Wigan, but yeah, I mean, nothing, take nothing away from Bristol Rovers. Really, they're on annoyingly a pretty decent run of results now, like a draw, a win, and a win. I think in the last three. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the two games I lost for that were Wickham and Cambridge, who are on pretty good runs themselves. So, yeah, not not doing too badly. Who have they got next? Who they got? Is Peterborough? That'd be a good game. Peterborough yeah, next. Would, yeah, would be a very good game. I think that'd be a. Uh... That'd be a tough, tough result to to call. I'm definitely not predicting anything to do with that one. Or if it is, like, it's gonna be a. I was gonna say that's sort of tempting us to. Do. We have to predict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surely, but um, is, is it yeah. is it your, is it your your turn to do the games this week? Is it? I it think? is indeed. Yeah. yeah. So now you've now you've shown your hands that I'll definitely. Yeah. Um. And also, key key thing before we do move on, uh, yeah. twenty nine throw-ins. So. Oh, low. Yeah, uh, uh, well, apparently low. I don't think we really have established what the barometer is yet, but that that seems about right to me. Between thirty and forty, I reckon is is the going rate for throw-ins. So we'll yeah. uh, we'll keep an eye on that. No, definitely, hundred percent. Okay, well, let's have a look at the League One table. So, mm. um, again, another one of the unbeaten sides in the FL, Portsmouth, yep. top of the league, um, five wins, four draws, um, nineteen points. Good result, very good result at the weekend. Um, you know, I think seemed to be it seems to be, I don't know, going well for Portsmouth, obviously, but I think yeah. they solid nice, back. Yeah, it's nice to see him doing well because they've always been like kind of there or thereabouts in the playoff race and mm. then kind of bottle it at the end, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they this year sustain. they're uh, they're on one. Yeah, hundred percent. And then we talked about them, Oxford, second in the league, mm-hmm. uh, 18 points, you know, four wins at the last five. Um, big game at the weekend, actually. Stevenage, who are third. Um, mm-hmm. Oxford, Stevenage, again, another top of the table clash. But Stevenage is just surprising me. Week in, week out, they've accustomed themselves to this league brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Um, only conceded six, 14 goals, plus eight goal difference. It's just things you love to see, right? And, you know... I, you know, I see yourself and yourself and Stevenage, and who was the other team that came up in your division this year? Uh, Northampton and Northampton. Carlisle. So, so yeah, you can see Northampton them Northampton automatically, Carlisle yeah. for the playoffs. Well, they're 18th and 19th respectively. So mm. you know, Stevenage clearly the ones that have accustomed themselves to this league and made made their made their kind of put point put their point across in terms of what they want to do. Yeah, Mind fair play. Yeah, Danny Evans, well. just get some get some playing. <laughs> League One football, frustrating yeah. as it might be, he uh, he knows what he's doing. Exactly. Uh, Port Vale again, um, 17th, uh, so 17 points, fourth, fourth in the table. Got Bolton at the weekend, which will be a tough game. Uh, Barnsley, again, there are thereabouts, 20 goals already scored this season, which is nuts. I think probably one of the biggest in the AFL. Probably Bar Swindon, I'd say. Swindon scored a load of goals this season That's already. Yeah. Um, uh, so they're they're fifth on on sixteen points, and they're next to even though they lost at the weekend, still in the uh, playoff zone. So still doing really well, Gary Caldwell, unfortunately. But you know, <laughs> got got Northampton the week win the weekend could could still get a good result there, and um, they're not plucking up any trees. Um, and then in the play in the relegation zone, we have Wigan on five points. 
Um, obviously with their with a different with their goal difference. Got Portsmouth at the weekend. So again, like we talked about, gonna be a tough game. Reading, um, ready. <laughs> obviously, they're again two very mismanaged clubs, unfortunately, mm. and they're obviously at the brunt of what's going on. And they had a poor loss at the weekend as well. And they've got mm. Burton coming up. Um, Fleetwood, um, twenty third. Got a draw at the weekend, um, but still only on two points. Minus 10 goal difference, awful. But they do have the mighty Orient at the weekend, Fleetwood. Yep. So um, that they're going to stay on two points by that point. Well, I don't know. We're, they're, they're the exact sort of team we like to be particularly charitable to. So, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind a lumping on of like a 3-0 win, basically, for Fleetwood. Well, they've scored four goals this year, so they'll double that. 4-0. Yeah. Exactly. And then um, Cheltenham, 24th, we've already spoken about them. Obviously, Wade Elliott lost his job. Um, a bit of a sorry state. And they go to, uh, they've got Lincoln at the weekend. Again, tough, tough team. I always thought Lincoln are a pretty half-decent side, 13th. Got a good win at the weekend. So, uh, yeah, we'll just have to see. They beat Reading 4-1, actually. No, no, they didn't. Uh, who they play at the, no, they lost at the weekend, actually, um, Lincoln. But, Against Portsmouth, though, again, top of the league. So they're probably going to be quite hard to be. And I probably would think Cheltenham are a good team to play right now. Um, so, again, it's not getting any easier for Cheltenham. So we wish them luck and uh, hopefully uh, we'll bring some positive news in the coming weeks about Cheltenham. Depends who they bring in, to be fair. Yeah. Okay, well, let's uh, smash into League League Two then. You know, the, the People's Champion Award in terms of the People's <laughs> Champion League. And... Uh, we- at the at the EFL Search podcast, we me and Joe spoke about it before. It feels like we speak about these teams every single week, but the only reason we speak about them every single week is because they're providing absolute entertainment <laughs> in absolutely abundance. Mm. And we can't not talk about them because they're always the marquee matches, not just because of how big the teams are, but actually the results that they provide. So Joe, talk to me about the, the mad, mad game at Meadow Lane, Notts County, Virus Green Rovers, please. Oh, I'd love to. A barnstormer, I think we're calling these ones. So, yeah. 19 minutes in, Danny Crowley, not the manager, the football player, uh, puts Notts County 1-0 up. Um, and then Macaulay Langstaff, 37 minutes, makes it 2. Going half-time, 2-0 up. Happy days, Notts County. You think they're cruising to another victory, staying at the top of the table. But wait... Who's this? It's Troy Deeney. 56 minutes. Bangs bun in. You're thinking, oh, okay. Forrest Green getting back into it. 61 minutes. It's Troy Deeney again. It's 2 all. Uh-oh. Bloody Northampton. Not Northampton Town. Notts County's game plan in tatters. Um, <laughs> oh, no, it's not. Four minutes later, John Bostock. 65 minutes. Restores their lead. 3-2. And then um, their upcoming unknown striker, <laughs> David McGoldrick, with a 68-minute goal as well. Seems to put the game beyond Forest Green. You're thinking 4-2. Okay, momentum shifted again. 79 minutes. Notts County give away a penalty because they're fools. And that man, Troy Deeney, steps up, completes his hat-trick. 4-3. Um, a bitty game from there on out. Four yellow cards. Lots of arguing, apparently, going on. A uh, couple of subs, but no more goals. And Notts County take the victory 4-3 and remain at the top of the table. Um, and Forest Green still remain dangerously close to the uh, to the relegation zone, one point off it. Um, key statistic is 36 throw-ins, uh, and not all five subs used for either team. Quick shout-out to Troy Deeney before I throw it over to you, Andy, for your match analysis. Yeah. Read this amazing... I don't think... 
I read either a synopsis of or the actual interview. I don't know if it was the actual interview or it was just someone writing, like paraphrasing him. But he came out and said, basically, they were like, why on earth did you sign for Forest Green? Like, what's that all about? Because they're a dead club and he has no connection to them. And he was like, well, I'm a bit crap now at football, but I still want to play. And I'm not kidding myself. I, I couldn't still play in like the Prem. So why would I hold out for like a, a contract with like some Premier League club when I could just go to like a Forest Green Rovers and do a really good job for them and they want me to be there I want to be playing football sign me up I was like that yeah. is a refreshing attitude to have for a player that ultimately doesn't really need to you'd imagine he's made far more than enough money to just potter off and retire to I don't know Portugal and play golf every day but yeah. no he was like you know what I'm just going to go and play football. And he's not trying to attach some sob story to it. Oh, my dad's mum's brother's son was here and he played for him during the war. It's like no one cares. No one cares about your personal connection to this club. It's so dull listening to those stories because everyone in some way or shape or form can connect themselves to anyone. Yeah. Nah, he was just like, no, they're, they're a bit, it's a bit random, but I like playing football. I was like, yeah, fair play. And he's also obviously coached there as well. So he's getting his coaching badges while he does it as well. The so dream. he's like a player coach, isn't he? So it works for everyone. Yeah, exactly. He can he potentially could be a potential Forest Green Rovers manager later on down the line. So Ooh. it's good for the club good for the club. It's good for good for him. And it's good to see him just contributing goals again and just him being happy. Cause I know he went back to his Boyo club at Birmingham, didn't he, last mm. season? And it just didn't really work for him, did it last last year? And I think he just needed a bit of a fresh start. And like you like you said, it, it's just he wanted to play football. Doesn't mm. care what level, just wanted to play football because he loves the game so much. And obviously, his story is very very unique in terms of the football world. Obviously, he's been in jail. He's had obviously his demons. He's obviously had issues off the pitch. But football seems to be the only constant that kind of makes him happy and and gets him on the straight and narrow. And look at him now. He's obviously got his own podcast with Jermaine Defoe. He's you know playing. Does he? Yeah, he's got, he's got, it's a really good podcast. I just called um, Football Firsts. Well, oh, there you go. Would listen to it. It's very good. Um, I'm sure they listen to us as well. They're probably yeah. po- plugging us on their pod. So, yeah, yeah. It's, only, it's only right we return the favour. Yeah, exactly. fair enough. 100%. So, big up Troy Dini. But, mm. again, it, it must be getting when you score a hat-trick and it's all in vain. Yeah. <laughs> it's the game anyway. So, um, you know, uh, my, man Dave, my man David McGoldrick making it safe on the 68th mm. minute. But... The, the the team just keep plugging results. Absolutely amazing. Jones has been brilliant. He's got loads of assists this season for them. Um, you know, Bostock in the middle of the park. You know, they're spreading the goals about the team, which is really, really good to see. Um, but it's it's just you wouldn't think that they were the they you wouldn't think that they were like a, a national league last season at all. They've just no. taken to the league what league two like. A duck to water, and it's just great to see. And they're they're a team they're a team to watch out for. I don't, I can't see this like being a one you know one one game thing. They're unbeaten in about like four or five, aren't they? In in terms of like three three or four wins at the last five, they're 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 really cooking something there. And and you know Luke Williams is seems to be getting a really good tune. Uh, and again, some really interesting formations. Three four two one. That's a very mm. interesting formation. Gotta love it. Um, and a four-three-one-two for Forest Green Rovers as well. So you know, we're we're we even though we do love a four-four-two, very standard formation. It's uh, nice to see some different tactics and different ways of playing uh, embedded into this league as well. But you know, yeah, what a game! It. it was a very even game. It looked like so both teams going for it. 
similar shot, similar XG, slightly more possession for Notts County, but for the neutral and probably even for the, just both sets of supporters, it was probably just a really good game of football to watch on a Saturday afternoon, if I'm being mm. told. Yeah, this is and this is another one that you slightly called straight off the bat, really. You said League Two looks something more like I thought it would. Something yeah. more. I mean, not exactly, don't get me wrong. I've still got my howlers in there. But there are there are some in here that are correct. But Notts County, you were I was completely unsold on. Um but yeah, you were very hot on them very quickly, and there you go. Clearly, clearly yeah. saw something in David McGoldry that I didn't. Oh, just love it. Just what a, what a signing that is for them. Like, yeah, he's thirty five, but any team in League Two would take David McGoldrick in their front line any day of the week and twice on Sunday. So it's fine. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, we're moving on. You're going to round us off. You're going to round uh, off the uh, the the match by match analysis with another thumping. <laughs> but for who, Andy Alton? <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to talk to you about Stockport Wrexham and Wrexham truly got their tummies tickled today um, on at the weekend and they lost 5-0, 5-0 away. Yes, it's an away game, but against a Stockport team, yes, they got a good result at the week last weekend and they've kind of seen to attain a quarter, but have possibly been the most frustrating slash inconsistent team mm. this season with the team that they've got. <laughs> um, but a 5-0 win. So, Olaf or Olaf? I don't know how you say it. Olaf, I'm going to say oh, I was looking forward to hearing you try Ola- I also don't know. Yeah. Olaf, I'm going to go for. Yeah. Um, get, on 20... get in touch. Get in touch, Isaac. Give us a bell. Yeah. We'll correct it live. On the 21st and 30th minute, making it 2-0, racing into a 2-0 leave. And a uh, player that I've actually been really impressed with mm. this season, even though, you know, they haven't really been firing all season. But Louis Barry, I think that's his like fourth or fifth goal already this season. Yeah. Um, started off really, really well. Um, don't know if League Two's his level, but I think he's probably a little bit higher than that. Um, so then 3 0 half time, absolutely cruising. But, you know, Isaac thought, you know, I want the hat trick. So 50, 50th minute, he completes his hat trick. And then the big man, Paddy Madden, EFL legend on 90 minutes, bang on the dot. No, no added time needed. Um, makes it a 5 0 absolute drubbing for Wrexham. Um, so, yeah, I, I was very surprised at this result, firstly, with, you know, the team that's, you know, Wrexham seemed to have turned a corner and they had like three or four straight wins, four straight wins, I think, recently. Um, so, you know, this was a little bit out of the blue, if I'm being totally honest. Um, but Stockport, you know, Stockport have beaten Wimbledon, Milton Keynes and now Wrexham in the last three games. So it mm. seems to suggest that Stockport certainly are on the on the upward trajectory. But looking at the stats, you know, Wrexham still had 20 shots to, to Stockport's 10, but seven big chances, five goals. It's just stuff you love to see. Like yeah. 80% hit rate. Just got to love. What was the throw-ins like in this game, Joe? Uh 58 throw-ins on this one. Oh. So another, yeah, another big boy. I reckon one, one or both of these teams were going long, but uh it clearly worked out. Well, it worked out for Stockport. It didn't work out for Wrexham at all. But it clearly exactly. worked out for 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 Dave Chalinor's men. Yeah, um, exactly. And five 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 subs per team as yeah. well. It's just it's Huge. just the perfect game of football to be totally honest. And I completely forgot. I didn't even mention it last like couple of weeks ago. Pod Stephen Fletcher's gone to gone to Wrexham. What an absolute rogue yeah. sign in that bizarre. Is. Bizarre. What was oh. he? Was he playing still? Like, as in, obviously he's still playing. Yeah, yeah. Still a footballer, but was he actively playing when he went? I, I yeah, couldn't work that one out. He was at Wednesday, wasn't he? Sheffield Wednesday. 
Let's let's have a look. We're going to work oh, it out live. Wins. Oh no, hang on. He wasn't. He was in. He was in Scotland. He was with oh, Dundee was or Dundee, Dundee United, United. Sorry, they get very funny about that, don't they? Yeah, yeah. There yeah. are two teams. One's Dundee. One's Dundee United. He was at Dundee United, um, doing nothing. So. <laughs> uh, got, uh, actually, he got. Uh, he's at, he was doing nothing. To be fair, he was scoring semi regularly. Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> but like honestly, I with, with the team that Wrexham have got, I I still think it's it to me it's probably the two best overall on paper squads in the league. I'd say in terms mm. of quality, I think that's fair. Um, but it was they were miles off at Wrexham, and mm. uh, just interesting that you know they've uh, twenty shots for Wrexham, but zero big chances in the game. Like what the hell were they doing with the ball? Mm. It was probably just loads of build up, but no cutting edge in the slightest. So, you know, I've got no sympathy for Wrexham. I think you know they need to. It's it's a humbling result. Maybe they needed a bit of a humbling result after what they need what they've been through recently, and they it might just kick them into gear. And I think Phil Parkinson will definitely not stand for what they what he's just watched. And I do expect a reaction, but it's good to see Stockport probably now fulfilling the billing, and hopefully they can keep on going and keep yeah. going at the table. I, I was really impressed, and hopefully you know my initial viewpoint of them being in the automatic promotion point uh, spots is uh, yeah, it's still going to come true. But what about you, Joe? Any, any yeah. other fun? Yeah, fingers crossed. Stockport, we're only six points off top now, fellas. Come on, don't, yeah. don't, don't stop here. We've, we've got to go out to first spot. Um, no, they've really turned the corner last three or four games. Um, Agreed. Look, excited to see where this goes. Weirdly, they did this last year as well. Um, obviously, last year they were new to the league, so it's yeah. a bit more understandable, sort of getting themselves up to speed in League Two. But they were diabolical. They started off terribly. They were diabolical, and then something just happened, and they went yeah. on an absolute mad run. And by the end of the year, I remember watching. I think I've spoken about it before. I remember watching them play Orient, and we were sort of on the beach at that point. Like we pretty much, well, we knew we were promoted. We were just wrapping up the league, and they absolutely blasted this away like they could have won that game 10 nil um i think it ended up three nil but they looked fantastic um yeah. so if they can it, well I, i'm not watching the games obviously but if they're playing like that now i see nothing stopping them getting up into that top three and and beyond um, and yeah on the rex and point i don't know it'd be a challenging couple of games they've got crew and mansfield so six and third coming up and they they, they just need to cut this rubbish out they just can't defend can't defend against teams that can play football. It's all very well yeah. going and like battering Forest Green 3-0 because they're, you know, they're not your competitors. What you can't keep doing is letting it. They've let in five now against Swindon and Stockport and yeah. Notts County, was it? Did they let in five against Notts County as well? Or was it four? I can't really remember. It but, was, yeah, up there, yeah. Yeah, regardless. Like, what on... <laughs> it's, it, at that point, in my opinion, it, it's an approach thing. It's, a, it's an, yeah. how you're approaching this game, both in terms Great. of preparation in terms of individual players like the mindset isn't right but setting the team up as well agreed like you, you can't do that mental gung-ho all guns blazing stuff when when you're serious about about well about doing well in a league um and yeah i, I think i don't understand it because really because phil parkinson knows that as well i'm not i'm not a better manager than phil parkinson <laughs> Kelsey yeah. Priest, although football manager 2008 would tell you otherwise um <laughs> but yeah I, I don't i don't know why that's not going in um who knows who knows they'll, they'll, next week they'll win seven nil yeah you know it, it'll be okay again and it, he, he'll be like yeah i hate you if i podcast but 
we'll see. We'll see. But let's just round off our um let's round off our analysis on the table. Yes, too. So Notts County at the top, twenty points out of uh you know, nine games, brilliant start to the season. Um unbeaten in unbeaten in sit five at least. Colchester at the weekend. Can definitely see them getting some more points on the board at that. Uh Gillingham still, you know. Eight goals, eight, you know, eight goals, four, eight goals against. Got love, to see, <laughs> got love that. zero goal difference. <laughs> um, did a did lose at the weekend. Um, mm. Bit of an interesting result and lost to Donny, 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 Donny Rovers. Um, <laughs> you got to love to see it. It looks like they've sort of turned a corner. Um, yeah, a couple of wins in a row. Yeah, exactly. Got got to love it. Uh, Mansfield um, seemed to be, you know, going under the radar, unbeaten. Five draws, four wins. Um, you know, seventeen points in foot third, but I think probably the shock of the shock of the table so far, Crawley Town in fourth. I know no, like, that has blown me away. <laughs> unbelievable! Three straight wins at Sutton, like got Sutton at the weekend, so clearly they're going to win that as well. Um, because we know Sutton <laughs> just utter trash at the moment. Um, uh, but you know, seventeen goals for seventeen against. Got love another zero goal difference. Um, fifth place. Uh, Swindon again unbeaten in the league, four wins, four draws. Um, tw- you know, 24 goals, one of the high scorers in the whole of the football league. Unbelievable, got to love to see it. 11 goal difference. Sorry, at this point, the season is mad. Um, but they've got a game in hand, so if they win their game in hand, they could go up to second. So they're they're clearly doing something right, Swindon, which is good. Crew are sixth. Um, again. Don't really talk about crew that much, but seems to be cooking pretty well and mm. doing well. And then Wrexham, even though got humbled this weekend, as we alluded to, are still in the playoff zone at seventh. Twenty goals for twenty conceded, which mm. is nuts. It's like the worst defense in the whole, nearly the worst defense in the whole league, bar Sutton, I think. So yeah, don't take Sutton's crown. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then in the play in the relegation zone, we have. Uh, Nigel Watkins, Trimere Rovers at six points, but did get a very, very well-needed win at the weekend, mm. which was excellent. So, uh, you know, good for Nigel. Good 2-0 win. Good good clean sheet against the you know, half-decent Accrington Stanley as well. Um, and then Sutton, unfortunately, propping the league. Um, you know, haven't won in about seven or eight games now, which is really concerning. Um, and then got Crawley at the weekend, which is a tough game by the way they're playing, we just alluded mm. to. So, yeah, we hope to speak about Sutton more, but they have been utter trash the last few weeks. And uh, <laughs> we just need to, you know, they just need to buck up their ideas. Otherwise, it's going to be a long and arduous season for Sutton, Joe. It is indeed. Much to my disappointment, I was really looking <laughs> forward to a, to a big Sutton season, but alas, it hasn't come to fruition just yet. <laughs> Yeah, it has, uh, it has forsaken me so far, so it's not <laughs> Okay, well, that is our EFL um, roundup for, is it game week eight or game week nine? I, was, yeah, I was going to yeah, say. Let's say game week eight. Why not? Yeah, why not? Um, and yeah, no, it's, it's been a really good week in the EFL um, this week. And uh, yeah, we'll be back momentarily where we'll go through our predictions for like, this week that's just gone. And we'll be making our predictions for the next game week. So we'll see you in a mo. Hello and welcome back to everyone's favourite part of the pod, the uh, the predictions league. An excruciating one this this week. So close, 
yet so far. Very fine margins involved in uh in in this week's edition. Um, I'll tell you, Andy, I'll, I'll go for a quick rundown of our uh, our performance last week, and then I'll give us the games for next week, and we can uh, once again disappoint the nation with our our shocking uh, predictions. So. If you remember correctly, we actually predicted both a Tuesday and a Wednesday game for, for we the did. championship last week. So we had Southampton Ipswich. I went for a bold four-two to Ipswich. Um, you went for a conservative two-all, and it ended up being a KG one-nil for Ipswich. Yeah. So one point for me, zero points for you, but actually three points for Ipswich, which is, yeah. which, is which is what mattered. Up the um, tower. Exactly. Uh, on the Wednesday, we had Norwich Leicester. Um, I went for a two-nil Leicester win. You went for a, no, I went for a two nil Norwich win. Sorry, I'm a liar. You went for a three one Leicester win. The result was a two nil Leicester win, and therefore there's your point. There's nil par for me. We're back to one all. Um, Oxford Exeter, actually the game that we reviewed this week. That was you our uh, our pick, our prediction pick. I went Oxford three Exeter one. Oh, one point away from from getting that correctly. Uh, and and you correctly predicted Exeter were going to go goalless. Boxford had one on your uh, on your score sheet, so three 0 was the result, one point apiece. And Newport Bradford was the uh, was the odd game that we picked for League Two. I thought Bradford would win that three one. You thought they'd win two nil, and they ended up winning four one. Yeah. So uh, another point apiece. That's three points each. So Not bad. No, if you're counting cumulatively, I'm now I'm on twelve. You're on fifteen. So still three points ahead. But I was, uh, I was two points off greatness this week. That two points, two two goals off greatness. Those those two results going my way, and oh, I could be I could be one point in the league. I could be laughing, yeah. but <laughs> love it. No, apparently not. I've um, I've got I've got this week's games queued up. I'm ready. Go, go. for it. Are you Please. ready? Um, More than ready. Championship, Hull City versus Plymouth. Hull City versus Plymouth. Hull at home. I can't really knock them at home, really. Um, so I'm going to go for a 2-1 hole win. Oh, that's a good shout. I was thinking something similar originally that I just went mental and said 3 all. I think that it's going to be high scoring, all action, full of impact. Mm-hmm. Um, Peterborough, Bristol Rovers is our League One game. Um, okay. I'll show my hand first. I've gone Peterborough 3, Bristol Rovers 1 because... As we all know, Joe Barton's a terrible manager. He can't string more than one result together. So, wheels are about to fall off, I imagine. Yeah, just trying to think. So, say Barnsley, Bristol Rovers, did you say? Uh, Peterborough, Bristol. Oh, Peterborough, sorry, yeah. Peterborough. Mm. I'm going to go for a tool draw. Ooh, that's... That's not a terrible shout. Yeah. Actually, um, I actually quite like your I like your predictions more than mine so far, and I'm the <laughs> one I'm the one making them. Um, and then and then finally, we'll round off our League Two coverage with a banger: Crawley versus Sutton. Crawley versus Sutton. Oh, four 0 Crawley. Ooh. I'm really not high, I'm not really high on Sutton at all. As yeah. You know, so like I also think Crawley will score four. Um, uh, I think four two. I think oh, Sutton. Okay. Big. Hopefully, off the back of their draw, <laughs> they'll have all the momentum with them, and uh, yeah, they'll 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 squeak a result. But well, not a result. They'll squeak a few goals. I think they'll still let in four and get battered. But <laughs> we we shall see. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, I'll lock those in. 
I feel like we're getting bolder by the week, aren't we? Definitely, definitely. But then when I predict conservatively, they're wrong anyway. So I feel like I've got to try and mix it up. I've got to try and make make up this deficit. Exactly. Completely agree. Mm. Well, Joe, shall I give you a Canvey Island update? Because the fans, yes, you know. yes, this is my favourite bit. Everyone else might like the predictions league, but I live for the Canvey Island update. Well, um, I'll go through firstly the uh, uh, the latest match. So on Saturday in the Isthmian Premier League, they welcomed Margate to the uh, to the Movie Star Stadium. Yes, and uh, I am gladly um, excited to announced that they had a resounding 4-1 win at the weekend. Um, So Girdlestone, which is again a cracking surname to be telling you, scores on the the 31st minute, Sack scores on the 55th, and then Mvember scores on the 60th to race them into a 3-0 win, a 3-0 lead. Margate get a goal back with Rutherford on the 64th to make it 3-1, but then Ronto, which I believe is one of their longest serving players at the moment. I think he's had like over a nearly nearly hundred appearances, but correct me if I'm wrong. Wow. Um wow. scored in the 88th minute, didn't need any garbage time to make it 4-1, um, a resounding win, which is a good and it seemed that the uh seemed that the game was pretty much over by you know by half time anyway. Cause I think one nil was kind of kind to Margate. I think it was pretty much one way traffic the whole game. 475 in attendance at the Movie Star Stadium, so not a bad attendance at all. In terms of the table, um, it's looking better reading. Um, 14th in the league now, um, nine points. Um, looking, you know, not too far away from the top, you know, the top part of the top part of the league. It seems quite congested in the league at the moment, but it's a it's a well welcomed uh, win, um, and. Very, very good. So it's good to see, and uh, hopefully this is a start of a uh, a good run that Canvey can go on because it seems to have been a bit of an up and down season, um, mm. which is, which is uh, you know not pleasing to see. But maybe a bit of consistency is needed now. But another added bit of news is that uh, the the draw for the third round of the FA Trophy um, or the Isuzu FA Trophy got announced, Ooh. and they're in third qualifying round, and they're going to be playing Walton Hersham FC. So I don't know if you know Walton Hersham, but they're quite famous on TikTok for their really, really young owners. I think the youngest ever football owners in the in the country or maybe in the Ooh. world. I think they're only like 22, 23 years old, but they own the club. Um, so they've had like three straight promotions recently. So that'll be an interesting game. Um, uh, so they're travelling to Walton Hersham. So it's an away game in the third round uh, qualifying for the FA Trophy. So good luck to Canvey Island for that for that game, um, and and I wish them wish them the best of luck. Um, they do play tomorrow night. So they're they uh, at the Movie Star Stadium. They hosting Tilbury FC in the in the Isthmian Premier League. So well, actually for a friendly, it's not even in the Isthmian Premier League. I think one of the games got um, uh, got cancelled because of FA Cup qualifying. So I think uh, they've they've got a friendly tomorrow at Tilbury uh, with Tilbury. So fingers crossed, a good result. Maybe give them a bit of momentum. Um, five pound for adults for people who want to go, or one pound for under sixteens. You know, go and That's get a steal. That's great yeah, value. Got to love it. So, but no, good to see them back on winning ways. And uh, here, here for Canvey Island, you got to love to see it. Mm. I'm excited well, that, about this Walton and uh, Walton and Hersham game. That sounds yeah. Like an enormous fixture waiting to happen. 
Yeah, definitely. You should definitely follow them. They're they're a good club, and they've done like live streams of all their games on on TikTok, and they're they're quite famous in terms of in terms of their internet fame. So mm. they're kind of like a, a, a like Dorking Wanderers. Have you seen them? That that have, yeah, yeah. They're they're a bit famous as well for for their social media exploits. So. Well. Yeah. They'll give, be give, even, give a yeah, I'll, I'll have a look. I'll say they'll, they'll be even more famous when they become the first ever team to lose 15 0. <laughs> true, very, very true. And maybe, maybe, maybe Leighton Orient give him that, uh, them that pat hounding of 15 0. You never know. Um, be Canvey Island. Oh, yeah, well, Canvey Island, we're not, we're not getting that far. Yeah, well, well, you never know. They might, they might get through to FA Cup qualifying in the first round, and you might. You might draw him. You never know, and then you can give him that a chance. Uh, the boat watchers, the boat watchers will roar Canvey Island to victory. Love it. Got to love to see it. Um, we did have a couple of points from the uh, from from the from the fans actually. From uh, mm. so one 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 question from Martin Martin, uh, my, one of my friends, is uh, when will you do a podcast on the Prem? Well, EFL trumps the Prem in every single aspect, right? So the EFL sesh will always be the EFL sesh. Um, you know, prep. We could allude to the Premier League in 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 future episodes potentially, but you know, we're always uh, we're always going to be EFL specific on this pod because EFL is king, right? Yeah, here, here. I was, I was going. I've just had to Google what the Premier League is actually, but <laughs> sounds yeah, it sounds okay. But I don't, I don't love. Yeah, I, I don't love it. I think the EFL yeah. sounds much more interesting to me. Exactly. And then uh, Josh, who will be getting on the pod very, very soon, actually, uh, he's, he's a massive Leeds fan. But I don't know if you saw, it's been circling around social media, but Daniel Farker's uh, control, um, he, there's a, there's a clip going around of him at the moment where there's a, there's a ball that's like really high in the air, it's gone out for a throw in, but he like takes it on a beautiful touch. And he like, and he does like a little subtle nod to the, to the fans and be like, yeah, that was effing quality. That was awesome. It's absolutely class. It's just uh, you got to love to see it. I, I, I'd highly recommend anyone watch it. I loved it when I saw it. And, you know, much love to Leeds at the moment. They're doing really well, really up there. They're, they're starting to click a little bit now, which is good to see. But, you know, definitely for anyone that hasn't watched, watch that bit of control from Daniel Farker and just a little like nod of nod of like arrogance at the end it is absolutely sensational stuff I I I did see that actually and it is wild and it like <laughs> it's not just the fact that he kills a bull that's coming down with snow on it but he does he actually sort of Cruyff turns as well it sort of <laughs> he puts it through his own legs it's absolutely wild and it's funny because when I it's mad that you bring this up actually and you know, it's always as if we plan it, but we absolutely don't. No. Um, I actually saw that and thought, did he play football? I was like, he must, he must play football. He must. He actually, yeah. his career is just bizarre. Like, I don't know. I don't know any of these. Lipstad, Wilhelmshaven, uh, Meppen, um, Paderborn, Neuhaus. I, I, and he barely played for these teams as well. He's got like 10, 19, 39 games, whatever. Nice. Tons of goals though. Like loads of goals for these teams. So, He's played 132. Oh, no, this is managerial career. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so, no, don't worry. He did play all those games. He did get all those goals. He just didn't play 132 times. But regardless, <laughs> what was more interesting was the, the quote like about his career that sums Daniel Farker up as a player is that he knows how to score, but he's the slowest striker in the whole of Western Europe. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I I back that so highly. I think that maybe that's why he plays that passing style of football because the ball never gets tired, but he does after about five minutes. Oh, maybe maybe I could have had a chance at the big yeah, time. Yeah, and he would have been the slowest striker exactly. in the whole of Europe. Yeah, we're due a few trials for for Daniel Farkas Norwich. I reckon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just practice my touch over and over again. Well, Daniel Farkas leads, but you know it's all good. Oh, but... for goodness' sake! <laughs> Wagner's now. Him and David Wagner just say one and the same in my mind for good. Oh, oh yeah, they, they do look like the same person. If I'm being totally honest, so it's oh, fun. that's it's yeah. doubly annoying as well because now we're going to bloody end on that again. I know it's getting excellent. another team wrong. Oh, oh, I love it. Well, we will end it here. Um, obviously, <laughs> thanks for thanks so much for listening. Make sure you uh you follow us on all the major platforms, Spotify. Um, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts give us a five star review, it always helps share it with your friends, share it with your family or whoever you want to share it with we're aiming to get some more, definitely aiming to get some guests in the near future to to you know, so you don't hear mine and Joe's dulcet tones the whole time, <laughs> but um, please again follow us on the socials Instagram and, and X um, at EFL Sesh Pod, we always give our opinions and uh, you know, get some stats out there for, for, for the fans as they love stats um, but have a good rest of your day, everyone, and up the FL Sesh podcast. See you later. Yeah!